Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. I'm really excited today uh, for uh, the conversation that we're about to have. Uh, We introduced Ellie Hunter last year as she spoke to us about the work of Open Doors and from that uh, a couple of different conversations happened and hence we're partnering with Open Doors now. So I wonder if you'd uh, welcome uh, Ellie uh, to the platform as well as Jason and Christina as they come and talk about their role too. Thank you. Ellie's already thanked me, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, how are you going? Yeah, great, Simon. It's good. great to be here. Nice to be sitting on a comfy seat. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? We we like to please. So, <laughs> that's awesome. so uh, hopefully it helps, and uh, we just believe the conversation will really, I guess, stir and awaken. We're really grateful for your interest. I know you reached out. Must have been the start of last year, I think. I and it was yeah. just before COVID. <laughs> yeah, it's just before COVID, and then we uh, arranged a uh, message as well. And I know out of this, uh, we'll speak to Jason and Christina a little bit later. But um, firstly, Ellie, why don't you just introduce yourself to us? I know you've had a real heart for uh, mission for a long period of time. Um, you've worked at a, have you founded a non-government organisation in Uganda and started yeah, it? Yeah, a few years so ago. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that and your heart in that as well. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Simon. Um, so I got introduced as Ali Hunter, which is correct, but my name oh, has changed you've recently. Married. Sorry yes. about that. So I go by two Poor names form. at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm Ali Lloyd. I'm 24 years old and got married seven months ago, so hence the, the confusions on the Give name. Give a round of seven months. That's, yeah. <laughs> yes, enjoying it newlywed life. Um, yeah, I've, I grew up with a heart for missions. I was a pastor's kid. I still am a pastor's kid, actually. <laughs> and grew up in the local church and just so loved, have always loved the Lord and the church in all of its various expressions and forms. I love that story that, that you shared, Jason, of uh, just the different expressions of the body of Christ and how they actually contribute to one another. Um, and my father, a few when I was in my teenage years, he started travelling to Africa, and my heart just began to burst for the nation of Africa, particularly Uganda. And I found myself there at 16 years old, wow. hearing just the stories of especially women out in the villages. Um, at this point, the Lord's Resistance Army and Joseph Coney, I don't know if many of you have yeah. heard their story. They had been through Uganda probably only five years prior, and the nation was still in such distress from the war that had happened there. And the statistics at the time was that there was 80% unemployment within the nation. And when I heard that huge statistic and met so many of these beautiful women in these villages who had incredible skills at creating things or making things, but they just didn't have the finances they needed to get their vision and their heart and their skills up and running into a business, I came home with just a heart to see, is there something I can do to help? Um, And for two years while I was finishing off VCE, myself and a couple of friends, one who's actually with me here today, 
uh, we started just coming up with some ideas of how we can come alongside these women and help see them come out of poverty. And that ended up forming what we called Project Outward, which was a very small NGO that we saw 50 women and their families come out of poverty through, just wow. doing small income businesses, wow. providing them with some resources to get up and running and giving them the necessary training to see their kids end up going to school, uh, food on the table every night, any medical needs they required cared for. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was just a beautiful season of seeing how the little we have in our hands when we steward that with the Holy Spirit and with the Lord, how much we can actually see the impact made through it. Yeah. Yeah. What an amazing story. That's incredible. I and so, so and, and I, to take that further, so is that something that stirred for you through VCE or like are you where you intended to be through VCE and, you know, working for Open Doors and other... Yeah, like, partially. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah out in high school, I definitely had a heart for all of this, but didn't even know the kind of avenues that are available to mm. even mm. here in Australia have impact globally. Yeah. And I didn't know it could look like where I am today with Open Doors. Yeah. Uh, but to see just the way that God weaves our story and even the yeah. unknown, how he places those things on our hearts, that mm. years in the future we see the fruit of it is just so profound. Yeah. And even in Uganda, we had a couple of instances of the church being persecuted there. And I think being a, yeah, uh, still quite young at the time, but growing up in the church and never seeing any any uh, negativity towards my faith yeah. was very confronting in that yeah, environment well, yeah. to see Christians being attacked for their faith in Jesus and still standing firm in the face of it, which is still so amazing to see where we are today with the open doors and the stories that we're going to hear today. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Open Doors. What's their, what's their main function? Why do they exist? Tell us yes. a bit about them. So if you haven't connected the dots yet. Open Doors is a ministry that supports the global persecuted church. So we seek to come alongside Christians in so many parts of the world to cater to every need that they would require to remain where they are and continue sharing the gospel. We've been operating for over 65 years now and we were started by a gentleman who I'm sure many of you may be familiar with. His name is Brother Andrew. Put your hand up if you've heard the name Brother Andrew before. Awesome. Yeah, cool. Or read the book God Smuggler. So he is uh, a legend of the faith. So he started the ministry 65 years ago, smuggling Bibles from his home nation into many of the communist nations that were surrounding Holland at the time. And he would just pack his little blue Volkswagen buggy full of Bibles yeah. and travel across the border into countries. And he often, which I find so interesting, would put a stack of Bibles on the seat next to him so that when the guards searched the car and they didn't see that stack of Bibles on the passenger seat, it was a sign that God was the one taking him through the borders every single time. I just love that unnecessary bravery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I've heard stories, like I think I might have read stories where they just, they haven't, like they've, he's got the boot full of, and they haven't seen the boot yeah. full of Bibles kind of thing. Like God's just really yeah. completely banked them out or something. So it's really amazing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. wonderful how God performs miracles mm. to mm. see the word go forth. Yeah. And so 65 years on, that's still what we're doing today in over 80 of the most persecuted nations around the world. We're still smuggling Bibles in and literature in to see the church discipled and encouraged in the midst of their environment. But we also come alongside them and provide them with any emergency relief 
or community development that they need in order to not just survive where they are, but actually have that extra support to be able to plant churches and thrive in the midst of uh, the persecution and suffering they experience. Yep. Also, alongside supporting the persecuted church, as a ministry here in Australia, our heart is also for all of you, for the Australian church, and to actually be a bridge between the persecuted church and the Australian church, so that through some of the stories you're going to hear today, we can actually learn from the lives of our brothers and sisters around the world and be mentored by their faith as we follow Jesus here in Australia. Mm. I think it's one of the things that I was really struck by I don't know if it was on the Open Doors podcast or something that I, I can't remember where I picked it up, but the people of the persecuted church, they don't want us to pray for them, they want us to pray with them. I, like, I really love that image. Like, even in all their struggle and hardship, it's we're in this, like, the unified body, the body of Christ acting and serving and ministering together. I thought that was incredible. Like, even in all their hardship, they can still think of being with us, uh, which just kind of rocked me and floored me a bit. But yeah, yep. Um, so providing provision of literature, planting churches, uh, supporting local churches as well. Some fantastic work. Jason, Christina, just give us a, a brief kind of snapshot. Last year you heard Ellie and there's a stirring for you. What is it that stirred your personal response to partner with Open Doors? Um, and I know it was a bit of a challenge, and a bit of a, uh, but give us a little bit of a brief snapshot for the both of you. What month was it that you came and talked on the July? July? It might have been about May or June, yeah. I would have thought, yeah. yeah. Um, I hadn't really thought about the persecuted much before that and something really stirred to go and give that $39 a month and then Simon asked us November or so yeah. last year about yeah. the advocacy role and I automatically put up a wall because <laughs> this is my biggest fear is being up here. I yeah. thought, can't do it, yeah. that's it. And anyway, nothing, God just kept nagging me in the back of my mind, something wasn't right about saying no. So I just searched open doors out and just heard podcast after podcast about these stories. And yeah. by the end of the podcast, I'd be bawling, bawling my eyes out, just the stories that the way that they're just willing to give up their own life, their families' lives, and just for the sake of the gospel, just, yeah. Yeah, yep. So, yeah, I could not say no, not this no. time. I've said no too many times. Yeah. Oh, fair. Good on you. Well done. Thank you, Jason. Uh, mine was, uh, I probably made, well, she made the decision really quick to sign up to Open Doors. Like, I think you even made it without even me talking to me. It's like, yeah, we'll just sign up sort of thing. Um, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Because like, we love supporting people all over the world. We've, you know, there's a whole heap of partnerships we've got. And, um, but, uh, and then um, a whole heap of things led into me coming to that place of signing up as an advocate um, and there were things that we were watching like I was watching a thing about the um, uh, Underground Railroad in uh, the US in the slave, slave trade era. Um, I'd then done a podcast on listening to God and then um, Simon in all his wisdom I was having a coffee with him and he goes oh at the end of the thing like would you guys be interested in being advocates and I thought it just sat with me um, a little bit and um, there was a Sunday night just a week later that um, we as a family were just sitting down and praying and we thought, oh, well, get Tommy to pray with us and just pray about what we do. following day, that afternoon, I got an email from Neil Mullix, who's um, with Open Doors as well, saying, how can we pray for you? It's like, okay, 
better pay attention here. So, sure. um, yeah, and so that was sort of a, the, probably the biggest trigger, but there are a whole heap of other yeah. conversations around that with um, a friend of mine from another church about uh, uh, missions. There's just so many little triggers and just listening to where God was yeah. at in that thing yeah. and it's just like I was over the line as soon as I got that email yeah, um, yeah. Christina wasn't at that point no. but uh, but uh, yeah so it's yeah it's yep. been a good journey it's cool get to do this together as well yeah. as husband and wife it's really yep. yeah so something shared and the shared vision and shared participation that's really cool Ellie I imagine that this kind of story and these kind of experiences would have informed the way that you read scripture you know grow, compared with growing up in Australia in very safe how, how have these stories, how has this work shaped and informed the way you read scripture? Yeah, I love that question, Simon. It's, um, I'm a very big scribbler in my Bible. I love to underline things, highlight things as I yeah. read. And one thing that I was very aware of was whenever I'd read the scripture and would get to passages as we all do, especially in the New Testament where Jesus is promising us that we will be persecuted, (laughs) promising us that we will experience trials and sufferings. I'd find myself highlighting the verses around that, but there was something that would stop me wanting to highlight those verses. I think here in Australia, it is confronting thinking about persecution and suffering because we have experienced such a beautiful nation of of peace despite current circumstances. But as much as I would try to avoid highlighting those specific verses, unfortunately that doesn't remove the validity of that scripture (laughs) and those scriptures. And I think the more that you're aware of persecution and suffering in the Bible, the more you see it. Um, Recently, I was reading a story in the book of Daniel of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And I I found myself just reading it in a new light. I think sometimes when we read scriptures, especially ones that we may have grown up in Sunday school hearing, we, we read it through a filter and we see the picture of it of maybe what we colored in when we were younger. But recently when I was reading it, I found myself asking the Lord the question, God, why did you meet them as the fourth man in the fire? Instead, why didn't you just put the fire out? Wow. And as we know in that scripture, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego are asked to bow down towards another king. And in obedience to the Lord, to Yahweh, they stand in the face of this king and are thrown into a fire because of it. They're persecuted because they're not following the God of the nation they're in. And in that moment when they're in the fire and they should be being burnt alive, they're remaining, as you all know the story, I'm sure, and they're not being burnt one bit. And God goes and meets them as the fourth man in the fire. And I felt, wouldn't it just be easier to put the fire out instead of meeting them in the fire? And I felt the Lord share with me that the reason that he went and met them as the fourth man in the fire is because it shows that God is powerful over the fire. Mm. If God just put the fire out, that would have shown that the fire had power over them. Mm. But by him meeting them as the fourth man in the fire, that shows that God has the victory over their situation. And that simple story just made me, I guess, read so many different stories in the Bible and even in my own life in a really different way that sometimes when we're in times of trial and suffering and through the fires of this life, 
The reason why it may not be removed instantly is because God actually wants to show himself victorious in the midst of it and show that to the world around us, that he is greater than our situations. And I think even stories like that show the power of the persecuted church and what they're living out in their faith. That's amazing, which has just reminded me, I didn't put the video on to start with. Is that a good place to put the video on? I think that's a great place. All right. Gary, thank you. Can you put the uh, Open Doors video on for us, mate? And we'll watch that story. Um... You can be part of this battle in praying on your knees against those powers of darkness and against the bloodshed and the evil that is spreading in our country. And we never lose hope. We know that on the road to Damascus, the Lord Jesus Christ changed a terrorist called Saul into Paul. And we still have this faith because Jesus is the same. He is still the sovereign Lord who can change the hardest hearts and convert the vilest sinners and make them saints. Open Doors, helping people follow Jesus all over the world, no matter the cost. Join the movement today. I mean, some of the images there are, I mean, confronting. I mean, the last few weeks I've read stories of uh, people being, I can't remember the country, but I think it was actually suppressed now that I think about it, but people were baptised in muddy puddles of water uh, is one story that I saw. And that was mind-blowing to me when I think about the waters of baptism being this whole cleansing of the old life, being raised up in the new life, and they're being baptised in muddy puddles of water wherever they could find it. Uh, this week in a country where uh, a young man has given his life to follow Jesus and his family's actually take, his family's taken him to court, accusing him of stealing money. Um, I mean, this is just incredible kind of stories of people encountering Jesus, but really giving their lives in every expression. What are some of the other challenges that you've seen or heard in Open Doors that makes this ministry so important and vital? Yeah, that's a great question. Obviously, working in over 80 nations and with so many different kind of uh, positions of persecution that comes across the church, there's so many stories. Yeah. Um, there's actually 340 million Christians that experience persecution. And that is a huge number to comprehend, to think that's more than 26 times the population of Australia. Like, that is just huge. Mm. But to think about that, those two stories that you just shared then, that behind each, behind that number, there are individual testimonies and stories and families that are mm. following Jesus yep. in the midst of persecution is is so profound. Um, personally, one of my favourite stories is of two girls who were following Jesus in Iran and they both came to, to faith at separate points, grew up in Muslim families and encountered Jesus through dreams. As many Christians are coming to faith as we see in the Middle East at the moment. And their names were Miriam and Marzia. And they encountered Jesus individually and just had such a heart for the gospel and for the nation of Iran to encounter Jesus. Um, later when they were older, they connected, the Lord kind of brought them to each other and they began ministering the gospel throughout Iran. And the main way that they would do that is through um, darkness. So at nightfall, they would pack 
a backpack full of Bibles and they would distribute it into letterboxes throughout Iran. <laughs> and yeah, over the space of a few years, they delivered 20,000 Bibles throughout the main city of Iran before they were caught. Um, and the, some of the stories of people who have even immigrated to Australia and are Christians, they actually say it was because they found a Bible in their letterbox oh, wow. and they believe it was from these two girls. Wow. But Miriam and Marzia, they were caught for following Jesus and were thrown into one of the most notorious prisons in the world called Ivan Prison for their faith and for sharing the gospel. And they had such an awful experience in this prison, but every single where they went, they would always sit and listen to people's stories, pray for people, and they began to be renowned by both prison guards as well as prisoners of being Christians. And that when, you, when these girls pray for you, a miracle will happen in your life. And so they'd have both prisoners as well as prison guards risking their life to come and talk to them to encounter Jesus. Um, these girls were eventually released, but in the process of being released, they were often every day brought before a judge. And the judge would encourage them that in Islam, there's this, um, this law that you can do in court where you, I can't remember the legal term for it, but it's pretty much denying your faith for a moment in order to be released from prison. Oh, wow. And then the lawyer encouraged, like, pretend that you're denying Jesus and then leave prison and you can follow on with your life. And these girls responded, we can never deny Jesus, not even for a moment of convenience. Mm. And I just found that comment so inspiring, not even for a moment of convenience. Mm. And obviously that's in prison, that's in pain, that's for their faith. But I challenged myself, mm. even as I'm following Jesus here in Australia, are there times where in my conversation or in my approach to people that in a way I kind of deny Jesus for mm. convenience to, um, to be more appealing to someone or, or to not rock the boat or, or cause a difficult conversation? Or in every single conversation, every single action, is it representing Jesus and, and, and am I being bold in it? And so I think that's the greatest thing of so many of these stories is it's a really good reflection for our own hearts and a good challenge and encouragement of how can I follow Jesus greater hearing their story. But yeah, their story is so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the, like if you listen to the Open Doors podcast and if you follow them, any, the amount of stories where people have planted churches in the most ugly places of prison, like there's one story of someone, I can't, and I can't remember her name, but... Um, planted a church while she was cleaning the toilet and, you know, she was essentially placed in all the muck and, you know, you imagine the muck of all the prisoners and that's where she started her church kind of thing. I go, man, it's just come some kind of faith right there. I mean, it's just, it's <laughs> One more story I yeah. love like that yeah. is of a pastor who was put in prison in China and he was like an evangelist, loved sharing the gospel and he was asking the Lord, how can I share the gospel here in prison? And he realised that the toilets actually had the tunnels um, carried sound. And so he began preaching through the toilet bowl to the other prison cells. And he led like over 30 people to Jesus through preaching through a toilet. (laughs) That's amazing, isn't it? I was actually thinking about that today uh, or this week in the, in the statement of Acts and in reading through Acts as well. We often get really excited about the early church, like the Holy Spirit coming. Perhaps we need to be getting excited about going into prison and 
because that's where the real work is done, isn't it? Like the real work and the, the spread of the gospel happened. You know, the guard came to know Jesus. His family came to know Jesus. The people became more fervent in their prayer. All those kind of things. But we're often talking about these one-off experiences. And yet the movement of Paul through in and out of prison really spread the gospel in incredible ways, didn't that's it? That's a great point, Simon. And I think... One of the awesome things that sometimes we forget when we hear that story, especially about Paul and Silas, is why was there that release? Yeah. And to think that when Paul and Silas were thrown into prison, what response did they have in that prison cell? Yeah. They weren't sitting there complaining or frustrated or annoyed when the doors swung open, but instead... They were worshipping. They were yeah. giving thanks to God. Yeah. And it was in that position of thankfulness and worship to God that the door swung open and the yeah. testimony was able to be made. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a key to that story yeah, it's, there. It's very good. It's very good. What does local church partnership look like from Open Doors perspective? Wonderful. Um, yeah, so local church partnership, as we know, the church is both in this form as a congregation, but it's also us as individuals and There's three ways that I really encourage individuals such as you and I here in Australia to partner and support the persecuted church. And the first one is what you're all doing today, and that's listening. I think to think that there's 340 million testimonies of believers through despite the most difficult circumstances of being obedient and saying yes to Jesus, that is a story worth listening to. And just as we hear each other's testimonies and we learn and receive from them, there's some powerful stories we can hear from the persecuted church. The second one is prayer. Prayer is one of the most powerful tools that even though we may not be able to step foot into some of these nations we're reaching into, through prayer we can come alongside and hold hands with a brother and sister and stand with them and pray for them. And as Simon said before, the persecuted church actually pray that you won't actually ask that you don't pray for persecution to leave them. Because in the midst of persecution, they're seeing the gospel go forth like never before. But instead they ask that you would just come alongside them and pray for opportunities, for for strength, for the bravery in the times where their faith is tested. And on the cards on your seat, there's, we've actually provided you with some prayer points. So today, I encourage you, if there's any spare, take one with you, put it in your Bible so that when you open it up and you see it, it can be a reminder for you to pray for your brothers and sisters around the world. Um, but thirdly is financially and is actually choosing to partner and support the persecuted church. And... The way we like to phrase it is subscribing to the survival of the persecuted church. And <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I yep. think it's a good way to phrase it and something we can all really connect with because in today's day and age, we're all subscribing to so many things, yeah. whether it's Spotify or our Netflix account or a gym membership, whatever it may be. We're really encouraging believers such as you and I to consider subscribing to Bibles going forth into countries like North Korea for churches to be being planted in India. And yeah, as these guys have done in their own lives is whether it's the $39 amount or however much you personally feel led, choosing the monthly as much as we 
subscribe to things that benefit our life here in Australia? How can we subscribe to come to the church in Iran, to come to the church in Nigeria as they're in need and come alongside and support them? And I know personally that through this giving, it's both, it's encouraged me (laughs) more than I think I ever realised because it's encouraged, every time I see that money leave my account, I ask the question, how can I follow Jesus more boldly today? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a great question to ask in a prayer to pray as you support the persecuted church. Mm. And finally, if the church doesn't help the church, ultimately who will? Mm. As believers, we're here to be one body and to come alongside and support one another. And so I really encourage you as a family or as individuals today, as a church, you're already giving. And so that in and of itself, we are so thankful for Horsham Church of Christ. But I encourage you to own it so much more of how their mentorship and their lessons can impact your personal faith as you follow Jesus here in Horsham. Mm. So Jason, Christine, what what does local partnership look like for us and for you now? Like, what are you hoping for us and what are you wanting to do from here kind of thing? I'll I'll leave this one. Um, So I guess for me, for local partnership, one is to keep you guys informed about what's going on throughout the year because even in terms of giving, I think they have that day in about April 1st about where you can give one day's wage um, to the persecuted church. So just to keep people informed about some of the um, things that are going on and key bits of information. So that would be a really good thing. Yep. Um, we're still learning a bit about this advocacy role. So uh, it's about a growing and learning thing for us and what, what it's going to look like. I guess down the track, as borders open again and, and COVID disappears, it would be great to lead a mission trip somewhere around the world. Um, personally, my passion is that part of the world, Iran, Iraq, Syria, having travelled to Syria and then seeing those images on the, uh, the screen before and seeing those destroyed buildings and knowing that I've actually stood there and seen it when it wasn't destroyed and, mm. and it just breaks your heart um, in those areas. So I guess they're probably the two big things. It's yep. just that continue the information flow Yep. Um, and maybe even time um, continue to expand and inform other churches around this region here because one of the beauties about living in a country area is the connection between local churches and, and that. So mm. to even extend, span the partnerships through the Wimmera here. So that's yep. probably where I stand. Yep. You got any extra thoughts, Christine? Did you want to say? <laughs> One thing also blows my mind too is how they're also praying for us yeah. as a country. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know you've been yeah. quite impacted by some of the stories you've listened to on the podcast, haven't you, and yeah. been yeah. encouraged I'll in your faith. just really encourage you to go and listen to some of their podcasts too. Yeah, yep. Yep. yep, very cool. Thank you for that. Ellie, I just wonder if there, like, someone's sitting here today, they're thinking about their work, they're thinking about the next season of their life, they're thinking about how they can contribute, they're not sure, they're too young, maybe too old. What would, you, what would your encouragement be to us today in that? Mm, yeah. I think in light of even just starting an NGO when I was younger, it's, it has amazed me that it doesn't matter how much or how little we have in our hands, as I said earlier, that, that in that we know that God will make things go forth even bigger than we could have imagined. And we know the, the story that Jesus shares of the, the woman who gave the, the last bit of money she had, and it was a tiny amount in the offering, but that was the most received by the Lord because of the sacrifice that she gave with. And so I guess I would encourage you that 
if it's if you can give abundantly or all you can give is through prayer that doesn't matter for the Lord and the persecuted church receives each thing with such gratefulness and thankfulness that with each of us, we can look at what we have in our hand and say, Lord, how can I use what I have? Mm. As big or as small as it is, how can I use it? And then when we give it, we trust that God will do abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine with what we give him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Have we, is there anything else you wanted to say about open doors? Have we, have you given a, have we, kind of covered everything you'd hope to say today. Yeah, I think yep. that's a great idea. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. I'd actually like you to come down, all of you to come down the front and just stand here and we're going to pray for you and bless this ministry and uh, thank you for making the trip across. Thank you to you and Laura for coming across from Bendigo. Thank you for the blessing that you've been and uh, for, we look forward to seeing the fruit of the partnership as we cast the seeds. So yeah, it's brilliant. Fantastic. Thank you. I wonder if um, you might stand and raise your arms. We're not all going to gather around uh, for restriction reasons, but uh, if we just invite Ellie and Jason and uh, Christina to stand here, we're going to pray with them. Can I also encourage us, as much as we're thinking about partnerships mission, who's our one in 2021? Remember, we've been asking, who's the one person we can be praying for in conversation? Who's the one conversation that we can be uh, intentional in our prayer? Maybe someone we can invite uh, to... Uh, an event, the Anne of Green Gables event, invite to a service, uh, invite to read the Bible with us. Uh, that might be four or five different people in those, each of those prayer spots, but it might just be one person. Uh, who's that one in 2021 for us, even as we think about these broader partnerships? So I want to invite us to either open up our hands or raise our hands um, just in blessing uh, these people, and we want to pray for them in this, in this time and this season now. So join me in prayer. Father, we want to uh, thank you. We want to honour you, Father, because you are building your church. Uh, we don't always see it, and sometimes uh, we can get in our own way. We can get in the way of what you want to do, Father. So we ask your forgiveness firstly. When we want to humble ourselves to seek after you, to seek your face, to seek your plans and your purposes with all that we are and with all that we have. Father, we give you thanks for the, um, the blessing of the resources that we have that we can cast out in partnership with many organisations and particularly, Father, we thank you for uh, open doors. We thank you for their heart to serve and bless the persecuted church. We thank you for their heart to make uh, the local church here in Australia increasingly aware of the partnership that we share throughout the world. Father, we want to uh, thank you for the work that Ellie and the, the work of Open Doors in every aspect, from administration through going into uh, risky places to the stories of those two girls in Iran who simply go and, and place Bibles in letterboxes. What an amazing sense of just placing seeds and preparing soils, Father. We thank you for the people who have been baptised in muddy waters and we pray that you would encourage them in their faith, Father. We pray for those people in prisons throughout the world at the moment, Father. We thank you for the encouragement that Open Doors is to them. And we pray that you might continue to uh, bless them and increase your harvest through these struggles, through these hardships, through these troubles, Father. We want to thank you for the people who make up Open Doors, Father. Not just for the organisation, but the people who serve so generously, sacrificially and graciously. Father, we pray that your spirit would encourage them, empower them, grant them vision and dreams about what it can look like to encourage the church throughout the world to continue to take the good news of Jesus Christ whatever circumstances, despite the circumstances, in the midst of hardship, that your kingdom might come here on earth as it is in heaven. 
And Father, we pray for our own partnership. We thank you for Jason and Christina's obedience to you. We thank you for their submitting to you and offering the small parts that they had and can into responding to you as a husband and wife. And we pray that as they step into this advocacy role, that you grant them wisdom, that uh, you grant them excitement and enthusiasm, and, and it will continue to flow out into our local church too and throughout the region as we continue to partnership, Father, that we would see... Uh, the Horsham Church of Christ partnering so many other people, so many Christians throughout the world seeking to transform so many different communities in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask that you continue to come, that you continue to uh, shape, guide, direct, convict, challenge and stir. We thank you for the word that Ellie's spoken into us today uh, through the story of Daniel, through the woman who gave just a little bit, through the, uh, even the image that I've had today, Father, of the, the boy who comes with his lunch that seems so inadequate and yet fed so many, Father. May we have those stories at our forefront, at the forefront of our mind and our spirits today as we go from this place today, Father. May we be encouraged in our boldness because of the witness and the example of those who are persecuted throughout the world, Father. We give you thanks and praise and honour for what you will do in us and through us as we continue to expand and grow uh, with the Open Doors partnership, but also the other partnerships that we're establishing and building and the relationships that we're growing in today. We can uh, just commit this to you, commit ourselves to you, all that we are, all that we have, in the name of Jesus. Amen.